Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. understand that the grace of God is wider than we can even begin to imagine. When Peter says, oh, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Such a dynamic and radical concept, even for a Christian and Jew. And now Peter is saying, hey, hey, I'm confessing this new revelation uh, before you here. And again, it's a revelation that these Gentiles, they would have never heard from any other Jew. God's grace is for all and is deeper than you could possibly imagine. Pastor David teaches you today that Jesus will forgive and show grace to anyone who comes to him. This means that there's no level of darkness that he'll not forgive you for. He'll take all sins of your past and help you move forward in your journey to become more like Him. Don't allow the sins of the past to linger over you any longer. Give them to Jesus and move into a new life of goodness, purity, and grace. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 10 as he begins his message, Without Limits, Without Borders. about you, but I've heard a lot of talk here lately about walls. Anybody else here? A lot of talk about walls here, uh, walls and borders and boundaries and stuff. So I'd like to see a raise of, no, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> Boy, talk about dividing your congregation right, boom, right down the middle. But actually, where I, where I want to go with that is I want you to think this morning about the boundaries that you personally set. The boundaries that you personally set actually on God. Uh, your boundaries might come from uh, cultural backgrounds, uh, might come from even religious backgrounds. Your boundaries might have been passed down to you, again, from generations that have gone before you, or you could have formulated those things yourself just simply in, in life experiences. And many times we set these boundaries. You need to understand, though, very clearly. I'm not talking about the boundaries that are very clear from the Word of God, because within the Word of God, there are definite uh, boundaries that are there. What I'm talking about right now is the fact that sometimes we go beyond the biblical record and our personality, our fears, whatever, our, the, the limit of our faith, all of those things come into play as we set boundaries on God. Now, I know that some of you are probably saying, oh, pastor, I never set boundaries on God. Well, okay. Yeah, we do. We actually do. Uh, we're going to be looking today at that very issue of boundaries in Acts chapter 10. We've been going through uh, Acts uh, 10 for a while as we've been going through the book of Acts. Uh, we've been in chapter 10, like I say, for a few weeks. We're going to be looking at an encounter uh, between this Jewish Christian 
the apostle Simon Peter and this God-fearing Gentile Roman centurion fellow by the name of Cornelius. There's going to be an encounter with these two guys that are again is, is going to be a powerful push and impact upon walls that have been built. Now, so far as we've seen in the earlier verses of chapter 10, uh, a lot of things have happened in in just a few days. Really, we're talking this whole portion of this chapter from the beginning of it to where we're at today and on a little bit further. It's only taken place in about four, maybe five days at the very most. We've seen that Cornelius, Cornelius, who is a, a devout Gentile, he went about his normal devotional life to God, his love for God, and then all of a sudden this angelic visitor comes and tells him that God himself has been moved by his prayers, by his devotion, and by his generosity. He's then told that God himself wanted to speak into his life through a man named Simon Peter. And he needed to send men from Caesarea, where he lived, down to Joppa, and have them, again, get Simon Peter, bring him there. So we, we're, we're going to find out in this passage this morning that God is about to enter Cornelius' world in a very powerful and dynamic way. And then we have the apostle Peter. Again, in his normal life of devotion and, and love for God, he also has a visitation. But his visitation isn't an angelic being. No, his visitation is this sheet full of all these creepy, crawly bugs and unclean animals. And again, when we, as we've looked at that, as that sheet came down, the voice of God spoke to Peter, says, rise up, kill, and eat what God has cleansed, you must not call common or unclean. Now this happens three times to Peter in a very short uh, period of time. And we're going to find here this morning that God is also about to rock the world of Peter in a very powerful way. As the men of Corn- from Cornelius, from Caesarea, come down, come to Joppa, Peter actually invites them into the home of Simon the Tanner, and they lodge together that night. So that's where we've come from. This is where we're at this morning. We're actually now in verse 23. We're going to look at the second half of verse 23, chapter 10 of the book of Acts. And the word of God says, and on the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied them. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up. I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and he found many who had come together. Now we're going to find out, we, we see real quickly here that Cornelius was not only a man of faith, but he was a man of action. God had told him to go send for Peter. Uh, He was pretty certain that Peter was going to be coming. He calculated the days. He figured, okay, it's a couple of days down to Joppa. From Joppa coming back, it's going to be a couple of days. So again, he went to, and, and called his household. He, he got on the phone. He sent out a few text messages, maybe an email or two, and invited his friends, his family, his relatives to come to be at his house on this particular day because God was going to be bringing a message through this man that he didn't know, this fellow by the name 
name of Simon Peter. So again, we look at this, there's no doubt that some of those, when you look at all that he's calling, there's no doubt in my, in my mind that some of those that uh, Cornelius called to his house were probably not as devoted to God as Cornelius was. I don't know about you, but a lot of my family, a lot of my friends don't have the same love for the Lord as I do. And I think that that's probably common across the board. But don't you wish that they would come to a saving knowledge of Christ? And wouldn't you invite them to come if you knew for certain God had visited you and said, hey, I want to speak to you through this man. And on a certain day, you know that that man's going to be there. Wouldn't you reach out to your family and friends and say, look, I want you to know the Lord in the same way that I do. So again, I believe he invited them in because he knew that God was going to do something special that day, and he wanted those that he loved to be a part of it. Now, one of the things that we see early on in, in, in their meeting is, is that uh, Cornelius is pretty well clueless as far as how to respond to this man, Simon Peter. Remember, all he heard was, again, that angelic messenger as he stood before him says, hey, you go and send men down to Joppa, bring Simon Peter, and he's going to share my words with you. So he doesn't know who Simon Peter is. Simon Peter comes in, and we find out he doesn't know how to deal with it at all. And as he, Peter walks in, Cornelius falls down at his feet, and begins to worship him. Now, that, the, the pagan culture, the, the creature and the creation is worshiped as much, if not more, than the creator himself. I don't feel that Cornelius was probably giving worship to Peter as a god. I don't believe that that's where he was. I do believe that he was probably demonstrating an act of, of great honor before him, but even that type of recognition began to trip Peter out. He said, no, 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 no. Get up, stand up. I'm a man just like you are. Peter knew that he dared not receive any kind of worship or adoration from man. And even that word worship, uh, again, in the Greek, it's a proskuneo. It carries that idea of, of bowing before, of kissing, of, of paying homage to. But Peter wanted Cornelius and all these others to understand that he's not the one to be honored. He's not the one to be exalted. He was simply there as a servant of Jesus. No, Cornelius, stand up. I'm a man just like you are. And Cornelius, I, I believe in his life, I believe that he was a very influential man, a Roman centurion, uh, uh, just his heart, his, his, his life, very influential because we find that as Peter goes in, many people had been gathered together to hear this word. And as they gather there, Peter begins to speak to them. And you need to remember, this, this was a strange situation for a, a, a devout Jew to be in the home of a Gentile, even a Christian Jew. Again, even if that Gentile was, was devout or not, he's still a Gentile. You need to understand, there, there is a time that the transition of understanding that God was calling the Gentiles, this is it right here, folks, and it has not happened yet. And all of these Christians 
by and large, they had come from Judaism. They came in with that understanding that, no, you've got to be a Jew. God blessed the Jews. God called the Jews. So you've got to be a Jew first. So for Peter to come into this situation, I believe it was a very strange situation. And he was free to go ahead and share that with the people that were gathered there. Look at verse 28. And then he, Peter, said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? I find it pretty interesting that Peter again, first of all, he, he just flat out declares, this is a weird situation. Yeah, you know, in, in normal life, this would not happen. This would be unlawful for me. But then he goes on to, again, speak about, yes, the, the encounter that he had. No doubt Cornelius had shared uh, his encounter with the angel. Now Peter, he tells him also that, that he had this encounter. God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, this idea that the Gentiles were unclean to the Jews, you got to understand, that was nothing new for the Gentiles. The Gentiles lived that every day, that they were unclean, that they were separated from the Jews. They saw the prejudice. They saw the judgmentalism of the Jews on a regular basis. The Jews had built this wall. They had built this barrier against any kind of relationship with the Gentiles because in the Jewish mind, the Gentiles were unclean. And I can assure you also of this one other thing. There was absolutely no love lost between the Gentile and the Jew or the Jew and the Gentile. They were just continually uh, against each other and, and dealt with each other where absolutely necessary. But then the Jew, he would go and he would go back through all the cleansing ritual because I came in contact with a Gentile. And so he goes through all the cleansing rituals to get himself back clean again. So in the midst of what's happening in that home, that afternoon, we find out that there's this huge cultural tension that's going on right here. But Peter then asked that very pointed question. Why did you send for me? For what reason have you sent for me? He didn't want to take anything for granted. But with all that had happened to him over the last couple of days, again, the, the, the sheet coming down, the visitors, everything, I do believe that Peter felt that this was an historical event and that God was right in the middle of it all. Why did you send for me? So Cornelius began to, gave him, to, to give him his, his account of the things that have happened over the last couple of days in his life. Look at verse 30. Cornelius says, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, that's three o'clock in the afternoon, I, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. And when he comes, he will speak to you. And so I sent to you immediately. 
and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things God commanded you by God. I believe, again, in, in all of this situation, God has been working on Peter continually since that lunchtime vision of this sheet coming down with all the creepy crawlers in there. I believe that God has just been working on his mind in every aspect. The vision, the fact that these men were there, the Spirit of God saying, man, there's men at the gate. Peter going down there, inviting them in. The communications those guys had probably even that night, inviting these Gentiles to come in to Simon the Tanner's house and actually lodge there for the evening. I believe that Peter probably pretty well knew exactly uh, the events, the facts of things, but I don't believe that he knew the final outcome of things, and he didn't want to assume anything on Cornelius. He didn't want to assume anything on God. Why have you called me here? You know, it's interesting. When people come to us, uh, uh, whether it be pastors or some of the leadership for, for prayer, whether it's uh, like after a service like today or throughout the week, somebody calls or comes in for a visit, and, and, and I'd like for you to pray for me. One of the things that we try to do on a regular basis is find out what the need is. Why are you here? Uh, what can we pray for you? Uh, something like, what, what's going on in your life? We might know that there's some things that are going on. They might be someone that we know, man, they've got this great sickness or a disease, or we've heard of events that have gone on in their lives. But one of the things we don't want to do is assume upon them or assume upon God. They might come in and we know that they've got this life-threatening disease. And they say, Pastor, I, I just need some prayer this morning. I don't want to jump in and start saying, praying about that disease because the very thing that they might want prayer for today is, you know, my neighbor down the street doesn't know the Lord yet and I've been trying to witness. We don't know. We need to ask, why are you here? And that's simply what Peter is doing here. Peter could have come in, he could have straight up began sharing with them the story of salvation uh, as he says, hey, you know how unlawful it is for me as a Jew to come in and keep company with you guys or to go into one of another nation, but I see that you guys need Jesus and so I'm going to tell you all about it. No, Peter didn't do that. He wanted to know from them. He wanted to hear Cornelius's heart. He wanted to hear the heart of those that were there. Why am I here? And beloved, I, you need to know, it is always best not to assume you know the need of a person or even the planned purpose of God unless he reveals that to you directly. Cornelius' response was pretty well straightforward. He says, we're all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Cornelius believed that that angel had told him that the Lord had already spoken to Peter. And he's trusting this whole encounter into the Lord's hands as the Lord speaks through Peter. And so Peter began, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Guys, that is a dynamic change from everything Peter has understood all of his life. 
You cannot lessen the power of what's going on right there. For Peter to come in, I believe that God shows no partiality. He's been taught since childhood that God does show partiality. God loved the Jews, and their mindset was, for the most part, God only loved the Jews. Too bad, so sad about you. Uh, but we, you know, I was born a Jew, and so I know that God loves me. So he goes on and says, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. And again, first thing you see, this new revelation that God is putting in Peter's life, that very moment. Uh, again, from the unclean animals, hey, don't call unclean what I call clean. Again, these Gentile servants, everything. Peter himself is going through some major changes of his doctrine, major changes of his understanding. God is widening his concept of what grace is all about. And beloved, for you and I, we need to understand that the grace of God is wider than we can even begin to imagine. When Peter says, oh, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Such a dynamic and radical concept, even for a Christian and Jew. And now Peter is saying, hey, hey I'm confessing this new revelation uh, before you here. And again, it's a revelation that these Gentiles, they would have never heard from any other Jew. They, they, they could have gone to a Jew on the street and said, let me ask you, how far does the grace of God stretch? And they would have said, get away from me, Gentile. It's only to us Jews. Here, Peter say, no, I perceive much more than that. Peter continues to share about the life and the ministry of Jesus. He moves from the baptism uh, of Jesus by John the Baptist, where the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He had gone doing good, healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then Peter made it very clear that it was the Jews themselves who had actually killed the one whom God had anointed. And beloved, the simplicity of this message makes it so clear, clear even for these Gentiles. They didn't need some Gnostic higher knowledge. They didn't need to have some elite interpretation or presentation of the message. The gospel, again, was being declared to them right here at the house of Cornelius, the message, the, the hope of the gospel from its very beginning has never been restricted or should have never been restricted by the educated elite. And yet through the history of the church, we see times where it was, where only again, the, this hierarchy within the church only knew the fullness of the truth. But the, the very hope of the gospel is, is that it would reach the hearts of both the simple 
and the wise. How many of you are glad that uh, the gospel reaches the hearts of the simple? Amen? Amen. We're so glad you could be with us today as we opened God's Word and dove into the goodness and truth the Bible contains. If you've missed any part of today's message in Acts, we encourage you to refer to our website, calvarycg.org. Once there, you can browse our library of audio as well as learn more about the ministry of the Open Word. We'd love to hear from you about how God's working in your life. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. When you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If you prefer accessing information through social media, visit our Facebook page and keep up to date with all that's happening at The Open Word. Just go to theopenword.com. You'll be directed right to our page. You'll be able to explore more of Pastor David's audio there as well. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into the Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again. Or simply let your Bible fall open. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. And I hope you'll join me again next time on The Open Word. Make a small-